Welcome to the Unscripted Authentic Leadership Podcast, a podcast where we're seeking to lead change while also seeking to understand. We are also here as a platform for leaders to come together to unite, to develop, and empower other leaders in the areas of business, family, and community. I'm your host, Lafayette Lane, joined by my co-host, John LeBron. Today, we are joined by our special guest, Herb Courtney. You know what time it is. Put those hands together. Put those clapping moves in the comments section. Make her feel real good right here on the platform. He has joined us to have an amazing conversation on how to diversify and improve your hiring process. Just a little bit about Herb. Herb Courtney is the CEO of Renaissance Search and Consulting, a firm dedicated to connecting companies with the highest quality candidates from an extensive pool of diverse candidates with top-notch skills, experience, and worth ethic. Herb has been involved within intercollegiate athletics for over 15 years, seven of those years as Division I assistant coach. Before Herb's time in coaching, he was a very successful recruiter and sales manager for an IT recruiting firm. And Herb has a passion and background that makes him and his firm uniquely qualified to discuss how you can diversify and improve your hiring process. And today he's right here on Unscript Authentic Leadership Podcast. Herb, thanks for coming on. Uh, thank you for having me and thank you for such a great introduction. You know, so I, I appreciate that. You make me look good. So uh, no, I'm happy <laughs> to be here and happy, happy to, I'm excited to have this conversation uh, with you all. Man, we're happy to have you. Let's get right into the conversation, man. I'm excited about this because we've had topics about diversity um, before, but you deal in the sports arena. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course, John and I, we love sports, of course, football, basketball. And so I'm, I'm excited to kind of delve in that area because I think it's kind of talked about, but not probably as much as it should be when it mm-hmm. comes to diversity. And there's a whole you know, plethora of areas that we can deal with when it comes to the leadership in the sports arena. The first question I want to ask you is what do you think is lacking in the sports world concerning diversity? What are yeah. some things that you see that that's lacking in the sports world concerning diversity? Well, I think uh, athletics in general, um, we kind of rely on just because it is athletics and they think it's a very an attractive industry and everybody wants to work there. So um, so I think it's a little lax in terms of the hiring practices. Right. And so, um, you know, I think in athletics, um, you know, rely a lot on social networks, um, mm. you know, so if the uh, decision maker and, you know, um, an AD or whoever wants um, is looking to hire someone, they might call their friend or they might, or someone who's kind of very closely connected with them. And usually that's going to be someone who's the same age, probably same race. Right. So it's not, um, doesn't yield diversity. Um, You know, so we could do a better job of that. Um, Another thing is, um, a lot of the times institutions will just post jobs on maybe this or HR portal, or, you know, sometimes the jobs aren't even posted at all. Right. So I think, um, number one is jobs, job descriptions and making sure that there's not a lot of bias in there. And then two, where are we posting these jobs? Are we posting it in different networks to attract, you know, more diverse individuals? And I think we just can't, rely on say hey this is who we are or this is the job and well whoever comes and applies that's who we're gonna you know kind of um select from so i think we just have to be a little bit more intentional um where how we 
kind of find our candidates. And that's where we come into play at Renaissance is we, we will help institutions and organizations kind of identify um, diverse talent and, and um, that fits, you know, their culture and what they're looking for. And uh, you don't have to sacrifice that to, to have diversity. And I think, um, you know, you just got to know where to look and, and making sure that you are, um, you know, um, advertising your jobs and places where people can see it. You said that's that's something that you guys do at Renaissance. What are some of those like specific things that other companies can glean from that you guys have found success in doing mm. that they can incorporate in their hiring process? And I know you deal with talent acquisition, mm-hmm. diversity acquisition of things of that nature. What are some specific things that companies can do to diversify their hiring process? Yeah, I think there's there's little wins that you can um, that you can have in terms of trying to acquire diverse talent. And what I mean by that is, you know, I always say, you know, within your own organization, there's, I, I hope there's some diversity within that organization. <laughs> and, you know, using, using your own employees, especially diverse employees to tap into their networks. Right. And um, I think that sometimes gets overlooked. Right. And, but number one, you need to n- understand what their experience is within that organization um, as a diverse individual, right? And if there's um, if there's issues there, they're not going to be uh, you know speaking great on your behalf, right? right. <laughs> About the organization. So I think number one is having that understanding, and then two, using them right to to be able to create more diversity uh, within your own organization through referrals and employee resource resource groups. So I think that's one. Two is I- identifying certain networks that um, that you can lean in and tap into, right? So it could be um, skill set specific. Um, you know, it could be there's different trade organizations where you can create partnerships with. I know it's been a trend recently is creating partnerships with different diverse organizations, maybe like HBCUs or, you know, some other, um, you know, diverse networks as well. So there's a lot of different things that you can pull from to to create um, that diversity and being more intentional. That doesn't take um, um, a lot of time, right? Um, You just have to be a little bit more intentional. You know, some other organizations might be, you know, the Black MBAs, right? Or there's different you know, fraternities or sororities at the college level that you can pull from. And those usually uh, have tons of, you know, just um, variety of ethnicities, right, where you can, can pull from. So there's just different things that you can do. Uh, you just got to be a little bit more intentional in working with HR to do that. And I think I think um, HR uh, departments are, um, you know, most of them are overworked and they have a ton of positions and things like that they're trying to 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 fill but i i'm sure some of them do have those relationships where they can pull from and um, especially if there's you know pipelining and things like that where you can create um kind of that diverse pipeline of individuals for opportunities in the future so and i, I have my own thoughts on this thing on this so, but i think it would be a, it's a pertinent question just for somebody to consider and I think you could answer it and it's, it's pretty simple just why should a company focus like from a company standpoint 
I think sometimes they, they get so stuck on the track of just put the job description out there. We'll just, whatever has the best resume, we'll just, we will hire that person. Right. But that doesn't mean it's the best person for the company, for the culture of the company, for the direction of the culture of the company. So why should a company focus in their hiring practices or put a system in, in their hiring practices to focus on building diverse teams? Yeah, I mean, uh, to, I know you could probably go a couple ways with this question, but I think one is just the benefit of diversity, right? Um, yeah. It leads to, you know, teams are more productive, more innovative, mm -hmm. make more money, right? So I think sometimes organizations or firms view it as a social responsibility, but it's a financial responsibility that they really need to look at it through that lens. Because if you're looking at this through a business case, it makes way more sense to have a diverse team than non-diverse, right? Yeah. Um, and I think when you can kind of put it in dollars uh, and a monetary gain and how it's advantageous for that firm or organization to have a diverse team, then it's a little different. Um, and then, you know, secondly, you know, when they understand the importance of it, you know, it's also for it to really stick within an organization has to be a part of that. The, the fabric, right? It just can't mm -hmm. be, hey, we're just going to hire a few people of color or women and then check the box and we're going to go. I'm so glad you said right? that, yeah. You know, it, it, it has to be from the top down important, um, you know, uh, and, and recognizing, yes, diversity is important. Inclusion is important. Um, and you want to give the best experience to your employees, right? Because you can hire all of the diverse talent you want. But if you don't have an inclusive culture, they're going to leave in six months anyway. Right. Yeah. And then you're going mm -hmm. to be stuck. It's going to be a revolving door. So um, it really has to be in, in being inclusive and being equitable and and having valuing diversity has to be a, a part of that organization and has to touch not just talent acquisition, but it's got to touch communications and how you market your 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 brand and your company and 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 the messaging and and what does the pictures and your your website look like is it inclusive do you have mm. you know people from all different cu cultures and backgrounds on there do people feel like they can be a part of that brand or or organization right when they're just looking at it you know and a lot of the times no that, that's not the case mm -hmm. like you know organizations will say yes we are but you look at their website you look at their executive team you look at everything else and it's not very diverse right so you can really kind of um pick apart you know if this is really uh a core um fun you know um piece of that company so i think it starts with that um and then it'll just trickle throughout right and to to really value the importance of diversity and how it is um not just like you said just a uh, a great um, a social thing to do, but it's also a financial um, responsibility you have for your own organization and, you know, external uh, shareholders as well. It is a good social thing, but I think companies are really hurting themselves by not diversifying the their hiring process. And like, yes, it is a good social cause to do, but if they would just look at what they're missing, like the, the innovation and all these mm -hmm. things that they're not considering, like they don't even have to consider the social cause and they would be behooving themselves to create 
a diverse company with different backgrounds, different upbringings, different views on the world, especially if you're in pro creating products and services yeah. that you're offering to people. There's got to be so many, so many perspectives that you can't possibly consider because you you, you can't have someone else's perspective, right? I didn't right. grow up the same as Lafayette. He didn't grow up the same as me. Um, I used to work at an auto software company and it was, some somebody would say it was diverse. It was like 99.9% .9 white. I mean, <laughs> like it was like the opposite. And, yeah. but what they would do is say, well, we have a, our hiring process. I mean, it's a good company. Don't get me wrong, but their, their hiring process was we take a test and then based on test results that that's who comes in to the company. Okay. But the problem then I said was like, okay, well, that means that you're not even having enough people from other backgrounds take your test, right? Yeah. It's not like right. it's not like only white folks are, the, are smart enough to pass your test, right? It can't be the case. So it has to go down to who are the applicants, and they obviously weren't targeting the enough people from other backgrounds to do to take to, for the application process. Um, and I think about were they innovative? If products, yes, but imagine how how far ahead of competition they could be mm -hmm. if they actually do what you're talking about and make that an inclusive part of their hiring process. Websites, communication, uh, making sure all that when you when you have this company's big, they have two thousand to three thousand employees. So you think about all the different departments, right? How do you how do you make sure every department um, is also part of that inclusivity? Yeah. and the hiring process and so forth i get it's a it's a lot of work to do but imagine how much further ahead they would be from competition just based on all the perspectives um that would be included in that company but and i love what you said about the inclusion um can i take a step back in you mentioned a job description bias can you yeah. can you unpack that i kind of like put a star next to that yeah i mean i just think there's this certain things you know within job descriptions that you know, just eliminates, um, you know, people just from, you know, number one, just from language, right? And, mm -hmm. you know, not, you know, them, them not feeling inclusive. And then, you know, a lot of times, especially when I'm, I'm working with, especially more on the corporate side of, of things, but, um, you know, it could be a manager position and they said, you need a, 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 a an MBA degree. And then I'm like, well, why? Right. Like, you know, yeah. if 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 this is the job and these are the skills needed, how does having an MBA or requirement for this job? And when you mm -hmm. kind of push back on it and they're like, well, you're right. Well, we actually don't we probably don't need it. Well, if you probably need, you shouldn't have it in there. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because you're just eliminating a whole bunch of applicants that. You know that can do the job but maybe not have a don't have a grad degree or yeah. you know can someone with an uh you know an associate's degree but you know they've been working in the, in in this industry for five six seven years of experience and doing it at a high level you tell me they couldn't do this job either you know so mm -hmm. i think it's kind of unpacking mm -hmm. that and and kind of opening their eyes to saying hey i don't i understand you want to have someone who's great but you can have someone who's great that has an associate's degree or just a bachelor's degree. You don't need to have a master's or some other type of credential to do this job. Um, and so I think, you know, it's our responsibility and my job as, you know, a, a, a search consultant to 
to let them know that, right? And and I think a lot of them are open to that, and they're like, "Wow, I didn't really think about that," right? And Mm. um, and it does open the pool. It does bring in more diversity. And at the end of the day, I think that that Canada pool, the four or five candidates that we hone on in, is will be way stronger than having the person with the, you know, the masters or you know, uh, some mm-hmm. other type of credential that's not needed for the job. So they're thinking if I if I filter this deeper, then mm-hmm. it'll make give me more a, a fewer sort of top of the cream of the crop applicants. And you're saying no, you're actually restricting yourself from a, a larger pool of potentially amazing applicants for a smaller right. pool, which there could be good applicants in there, but you're literally just taking yeah. the pool of applicants and filtering yeah. it down. Absolutely. Interesting. That's great. What role does does leadership representation and leadership play in the hiring process? Now, again, I want our audience to understand that you are in the sports field. You're in the sports arena. And so we've seen things like the NFL come up with the, the Rooney rule mm-hmm. that has been in effect since 2003. Now it's so 18 years. And yet and still, we don't really have that many African-American head coaches, we have a lot of assistant coaches or specialty coaches, and let alone African-American owners. And so I think that a part of the systemic problem is that there are a lot of ownership that does not understand a lot of the quote unquote workers that are working for them. And so yet the hiring process is some, there's a disconnect between the top and those that are underneath because a lot of the ownership is not diversified. Right. What, what, how important, I'm sure you've seen that firsthand, how important that is in, to have diversity when it comes to the actual ownership. Yeah, I mean, that is, it is huge. And obviously ownership or the president level and college mm-hmm. athletics, it isn't very diverse. And I mean, that's, that's just a fact, right? And, um, and I think the kind of the um, challenges you know, sometimes is making sure that they understand or they they have a opening up their networks right to um, individuals of diverse backgrounds and, and and making sure they get to know them right because I think sometimes you know especially um, you know black coaches um, or NFL coaches don't they don't have access to that level right so. Um, if we can be more intentional in giving them more exposure to the the owners and um, you know presidents, then I think they have more of a shot of of getting some of those opportunities. And I and I do think you know the Rooney Rule and um, you know it it is it, it's good and bad, right? Because I, mm-hmm. I do see the benefit of it. Um, you know, I do think it's great that coaches are you know getting experience interviewing and 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 making sure that you know they're prepared and 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 going through that process and you know it there's some there is something to that but if they never get hired then right. it's kind of all for nothing right so i think right. um obviously with more social pressure right uh in terms of you know fans and 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 players wanting to see more um, um, diversity at that level, both on the professional and collegiate level, it's, it's going to help. 
um, I think partnerships, right. Where, um, you know, the bigger brands that support each entity and professional, uh, you know, sports like football and NBA and college, the more pressure that they're kind of brand or, you know, the partnerships like a Coke or something like that puts on them. It, it's, it's going to help drive that. But at the end of the day, you know, when, when coaches do have the opportunities, it's, you know, um, making sure that they're successful and, and, and giving them all the resources that they can to run a great program or, or team, you know, so there can be more, right. So there's more success stories um, out there and, and saying, Hey, when given opportunities, they, they, they've been very successful. So I, I do think, um, you know, it's, it's a slow, it's a slow race and it's mm-hmm. whatever, you know, do we want to be further along? Absolutely. Um, and like I've always said, especially since the, you know, uh, George, the murder of George Floyd, and there's been this super hyper um, focus awareness on diversity and inclusion, which is great. But I hope it's just not a moment of time, mm-hmm. right? Where, you know, in college sports this year, um, in college men's and women's college basketball, I mean, I can't remember the, the last time there were so many, you know, um, you know, people of color um, hired as as coaches, right? And both on the men's and the women's side. And then, you know, I just hope that 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 trend continues, right? And and that they're given opportunities and just not a moment of time because of where we are in society, but that this will continue to this will continue to play and and um, giving people opportunities that deserve it. Not we're not just you know handing you know unqualified people jobs. I mean, there's right. a ton mm-hmm. of qualified <clears throat> coaches and administrators that deserve opportunities that just don't get it. And mm-hmm. um, you know, it's it's time that they start having their fair shakes at, at good jobs. I think the other side of that opportunity, and I think that's great what you said. That was awesome. Um, not looking for a handout, but also, hey, if you're not going to give me an opportunity, I'll go build my own, right? So hence we have the HBCUs. And I just think that yesterday we saw something incredible with Deion Sanders, right? Head coach of Jackson State University. He gets the number one recruit in the nation to flip (laughs) from going to Florida State University and the kid lives in Florida State, lives, lives in Florida, right? to go to an HBCU program that some would suggest, you know, why would you do that? They don't have as many resources and things like that. But I think it's moves like that, that, Hey, if you're not going to let me in the door, I'll go create my own door. Right. Yeah. How, how important is that? Because I believe you're an entrepreneur that started your own. You didn't wait for somebody to give you opportunity. Right. Right. So those that are looking for, Hey man, if you're not going to pick up my resume, you see that I'm more than qualified for the job. I'll go build my own opportunity. I'll go build my own platform. How important is that aspect? I mean, that is, that is very important. And, you know, and that was a historic mm-hmm. move um, that we witnessed yesterday. Right. Absolutely. And I, and I think people will dismiss it, you know, Dion and well, mm-hmm. it must be the NIL deal that he's going to get right. or whatever, <laughs> but no, I'm, you know, he worked his tail off to to get Travis Hunter, the number one recruit in the nation, committed to Jackson State, right? And so, and he sold his vision and 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 created a path for him where he felt comfortable to co- commit to Jackson State. And um, 
yeah, and 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 Dion, you know that 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 was that was amazing to see, right? And you know, I just um, completed the search at Grambling State. We hired Hugh Jackson, right? Uh, wow. Two time. Yeah. You know, uh, football uh, head football coach NFL only, right. yeah, only, only black. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he he was and coach the at the Browns and the Raiders, and then mm -hmm. but he was a longtime assistant at, at with Cincinnati, and Yo. um, you know, so to be able to attract wow. those caliber of professionals at the HBCU level is amazing, right? And I think this this is going to continue to happen, and. Um, and we need to celebrate that because it, it you know, they, it is rich in history and it is, you know, um, it's great sports and, and we just need to embrace and celebrate that. And, and I'm just happy that, you know, there, now we have a platform to do that. And I hope more kids, you know, really consider a historically black college. Yo. I think people forget, don't realize the amount of work that, someone like Dion had to put in moving. It's not like he just was hired a coach and snagged a player. Like he yeah. had a career. Then he spent years building a brand. Obviously he has his prime personality. And then he went to Jackson state and he had a success. Has it been two seasons now? I think. Yes. I think and it he's is, had yeah. he's helped turn the program. They've been doing well. I, I understand yeah. they're not ranked. 11 and 10, one this year. But come on, one, they've yeah. been doing really yeah. well. Yeah. I've been following it um, periodically. Yep. And so he's not been, it's not like it's a slouch school that he's just kind of, it's because Dion's the coach. Like he turned the program around and now you see what he's doing to yep. make it even bigger. And now the name's going to get even larger and people are going to pay attention for not just last year, but this year. And I have to assume that he's probably had even other offers at other schools having an 11 to one season that he must've turned down or just kind of dismissed. Because as coaches have successful careers, we've seen it at University of Cincinnati. Coaches have successful careers. They go to a bigger school. Another UC has another big uh, year this year. I don't know what's going to happen, but typically what happens is they leave. The University of Dayton here, they have a basketball program. Mm -hmm. Coach comes in, does really well. See ya. Um, you know, a couple of... You know, but that's the thing sometimes, especially with black coaches. You would think Dion would get tons of offers, but I'm sure he hasn't. You know, because really? of, you know, it's his what people perceive as what you're getting. Right. Yeah. The, the bigger, you know, the pro, yeah, the, yeah, some of the personality and kind of what comes with it and all the media. And, you know, I think an AD has huh. to be very secure with him or herself to hire someone like Dion, right? And he doesn't have uh, a bad background. You know what I'm saying? No. Like he would be the ultimate promoter. But he's not he's not <laughs> he's not he's not traditional. Uh, yes, I mean I get what you're saying. Yeah, he doesn't he's, he's not look he's not a traditional like coach. coach at a podium. Nope. Mm -hmm. He's very he's non-traditional and people don't some people don't like that, right? Mm -hmm. So yo, I mean think that that's absolutely true. The example that just came to my mind was Cam Newton. Now, we know that he's been injured and things like that. You know, he hasn't committed any crimes, but yet it's like this man is being blackballed because he comes with a hat and he has dreadlocks, things of that nature, and he's not the traditional. We know what traditional means. He's not the white quarterback that's went to the Ivy League school, so he's not a Tom Brady that comes to the podium all buttoned up and doesn't say the, the protocol and the PC things. That's an issue to systems, Right. And so hence we have that systemic racism that, like you said, about the Deion Sanders that, hey, 
he's probably a, a better head coach than 90% of the coaches that you see, yet he will not get those opportunities on the next level because he's not fitting the mold. Mm-hmm. Now, do you yeah. think um, – I, I don't know if this is going to happen or not, but I predict a lot of the sports teams over time – you see – I'm starting to see it with baseball. I follow baseball. Is As teams come for sale, um, there's – there's uh, what do you want to call it? like groups that are purchasing the sports team, right? So like tech tech companies and so forth are purchasing these baseball teams. And with that, mm-hmm. um, you're starting to see baseball, um, which was super white for a long time. It's becoming more diverse each year and it's becoming a lot more fun to watch. The popularity is at all, basically an all time high. Personalities are infinitely more, uh, more fun to watch now than they ever have been. Um, the af- athletes at our all-time high level. And so baseball, which has always been boring for most people, is becoming fun to watch. Yeah. But I think part of that could be because you're starting to see the ownership changes. Um, because how many people can really afford to purchase the next? Yeah. You know, when the Cowboys were bought, they were expensive, yeah. <laughs> but they're not like they are now because sports yeah. are at an all-time expensive thing. So these tech yeah. companies, these large other companies that are very progressive will be purchasing these teams going forward. And I don't know if that's going to be a trend or not, but I predict it could be, which I, I feel like has to have a positive impact on the ownership and the views of the ownership, being that a lot of these owners will be more progressive. Thoughts? Yeah. No, I, I agree. I mean, I just looked at uh, or just saw something uh, in my feed. It might have been on Twitter that um, LeBron was part of uh, some group um, that that purchased some team and part of their portfolio now was the Pittsburgh Penguins. He was wearing a Penguins, uh, okay. you know, um, uh, Jersey yesterday or something like that. And so, yeah, I think that like um, definitely brings awareness and engages people that traditionally probably wouldn't care. Like now that I know LeBron is part owner of the Pittsburgh Penguins, yes. I'm probably going to pay attention to it a little bit. Hockey, you know? yeah. Yeah, it's getting ready to be a big hockey fan next week for the Columbus Blue Jackets. So it's like, you know, I'm I'm not, you know, this is something that's never interests me. I I mean, I did grow up in Buffalo, so I, you know, the Sabres were right there, but Mm -hmm. um, I had no interest in hockey. But now, you know, LeBron, (laughs) who I I like a lot as part owner, and now I'm interested a little bit. Same thing with, like you said, with some of the baseball teams and Mm -hmm. and things of that nature. And um, yeah, so I, I do think that that is a good thing for sports and, and having, um, you know, uh, athletes having minority stakes in some of these teams. I know Dwayne Wade has, right. um, you know, some ownership in, in some teams. Utah and, Jazz. Y- yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Utah Jazz. Yep. So, which, which I think is great. You know, I think it gives mm-hmm. access, you know, to ownership to, um, you know, to athletes and, uh, and it definitely, helps with um, diversity of that. And I think they can bring ideas and, and, um, and, and, and new things, innovative ways to, to engage. Right. And I think you saw that early with magic when he was always, you know, he got involved with the Dodgers and, you know, some other, you know, so, I mean, that's great. And they used his likeness and, and were able to do some, some cool things to, to engage, um, more fans. So I think that's a, I think that's a, a positive thing in sports. What are some, um, is there, is there a, a characteristics or a way that a company can develop like a system If a company saying, all right, we need to change how we do our hiring practice. I feel like they're like just saying we hired somebody or five people or whatever 
is short-term thinking. Like, how can someone develop an actual system to make sure their hiring processes are better? Yeah, I mean, that is, um, you know, it's obviously pretty comprehensive and it takes, mm -hmm. um, you know, some type of investment, right? Where you're probably going to need to, um, you know, loop in maybe a strategist or, you know, someone who could really help um, implement and lay out what, what does that look like for you and your organization over the next, you know, three, five years, how are we going to build that out? Right. Because at, at a core, you need to understand where you are now and then kind of plan to where you want to be. Right. Mm -hmm. And then have some metrics in place to get the outcomes that you're trying to achieve. Uh, so uh, that is, that's very important. And I think it, it, it takes a lot of, time and planning and, 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 and how you want to get there, whether that's through creating pipelines, internships, um, how, how are you, how are you hiring? What are your metrics in terms of, um, where you are and, and, and who's kind of in your organization and, and how you get there. So I, I just think, you know, um, that it, it just takes a lot of thought and intentionality. Mm -hmm. And, and if you look at a lot of the companies that have, you know, put statements out in terms of, hey, we're going to hire 25% more of this or that, or people of color or women in leadership roles. And, you know, was, that all depends on your company where you are, right? Um, in terms of women, women of color, other ethnicities, LGBT plus communities, veterans. You know, I think a lot of the times organizations just think of, hiring more diverse, honestly, people of color or black people right now because of this kind of the mm -hmm. social, but it's so much more than that, mm -hmm. right? It's, it's a diversity, you know, um, ages you can't, yeah, you just can't limit it just to one race. Right. And I think, um, we have to, to, to really be inclusive. We have to take accounts, you know, all those you know different backgrounds and where you want to be and i do think obviously people of color and women and and you know the lgbt plus and um you know those are kind of tangible metrics that i think you can um put together and see where you are and where you, where you need to be but um yeah it just has to be kind of um, kind of well thought out you need to know where you are um and then putting a plan and then having outcomes right um to to so you can measure that and hold you know hiring ma managers accountable and kind of really all throughout the organization um and then obviously reward as well um you want to reward your organization for you know meeting those metrics right and i think if you do that um you know it incentivizes the right behaviors Hmm. Ahead, it's, it. it's, it's, I love that. I love that. Even though it's kind of crazy that we have to incentivize people to hire certain people. That's a whole nother topic for a whole nother day. But uh, yeah, but you know yeah. what? We incentivize for everything else too. You know, okay, we incentivize yeah. workers for getting a certain, you know, trying to get clients or, you know, hitting certain financial metrics, you know, in the business world or, 
you know, people respond to incentives. It is, it, it just, you know, this is how it is. Right. And I think it's, it's good yeah. to reward that. Right. And I, I do, I think it's good to reward what you're trying to have a desired outcome. Um, and, um, you know, I, I do think that as an organization, if it's felt in a way where it's authentic, right. And, and like I said, this kind of goes back to making sure, uh, DNI is a fabric of your organization and not mm -hmm. just tied to hiring, right. It's gotta be tied yes. to everything within your organization, not just hiring. Um, Promotion and through. Think, absolutely. You know, so, um, if you do, if the organization does that, then I think incentivizing and rewarding people for the right things is, is good. You know, obviously if it's just say, Hey, we just need to hire some more diversity and that's it. Then yeah, it's going to be met on deaf ears and it's not going to be very successful. Um, but, um, yeah, it's just, it, it does take an investment. It does. You do have to probably retrain behaviors and identify things within the organization that, um, that could lead to, you know, employees not feeling inclusive or not having that psychological safety within, you know, your organization where they feel like they can't bring their best selves to work. But I think mm -hmm. once you unpack that and people feel safe and they can, you know, they can bring their best selves. And I think you're moving toward that, that inclusive environment. And, and then, yeah, I think, you know, people, you'll see a higher retention, people are going to be happier. Um, yeah. And, you know, you're, you're striving, you're striving to that, to that desire culture that you're, that you're trying to achieve. Yeah, I think uh, the, the incentivizing would help create a, a more intentionality, right? Because mm -hmm. I'm sure there's people out there who are like, I only want to hire this type of person. But there's probably a lot of people who just so consciously don't put enough intent, enough thought into it, enough intentional work into that. So I think the incentives would help for that. Yeah. Um, and then if you don't hit certain metrics or goals, you shouldn't be compensated or maybe there you don't get a bonus or yeah, whatever. Like there, there should be negative, um, you know, penalties as well. If you don't, if you're not on board with it, right. Yeah. Because you're not on the same path of the organization. So it should be both ways. Gotcha. It's a good point. But it should obviously be attainable goals as well. Gotcha. Yeah, but if someone's not on board with the direction, I think, and then I think you would see that in performance, and they would eventually yep. filter out, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. um, and then you can help change that. Super interesting. Herb, if you, can you give us one last piece of advice or whatever you feel in your heart that would be helpful to those that are listening? What if that's a strategy? Whatever you feel, you know, close us out, man. No, thank you. You know, my biggest thing is authenticity, right? So. Mm -hmm. Whatever you do, be authentic with it. I know, um, you know, diversity, equity, inclusion is a hot topic and mm. it's a buzzword and, and people are trying to get better, which is great. But I think number one is be aware, um, educate yourself, um, you know, um, surround yourself with people that can help you through this and navigate, navigate, you know, this kind of process of trying to be more intentional and building out your processes and you know you don't uh, you don't have to do it alone but you know don't do things that just it's just to do it just because it's 
the flavor of the month today, right? And I think people can see right through that. Like even for me, I don't work with clients that I feel that are just trying to check a box. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's that's not what I'm here for. And I'm not going to place someone in an organization that, you know, you know that's like, hey, we're, 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 you know, this is not what I signed up for, right? You know, yes. so, um, you know, so I, I'm, I'm really big on that. And uh, I think people can see that and feel that. So, um, no, so that's, that, that's something that I feel very passionate about. And, and, um, you know, if, if it's not something that you know, and then, you know, surround yourself with people that can help you, right? And, and, and it'll be way more impactful than trying to lead something that you don't have a passion for, you don't really believe. So um, I'd rather you, you work with others that can help you through that and, and not kind of fake your way through it. Mm. Stay connected. Herb, you can do that several ways on Instagram at HTCII. You also can connect with him on LinkedIn, Herb Courtney. Check him out. Connect with him there. Check out his company. He's doing amazing things. Stay connected here with us on Unscripted. We're at Unscripted Leadership on all social media platforms. You can check out our website, unscripted-leadership.com. Of course, a podcast is available wherever you get your podcast on all streaming platforms. Again, we say thank you to our amazing guest, Herbert Courtney, for having this awesome conversation on how to diversify and improve your hiring process. And as I say to all of our Black Excellence guests that come on our podcast, man, keep doing what you're doing. Keep showing that Black Excellence and keep making great happen. To our audience, we pray that you be the leader that God has called you to be. We're here to build bridges and not walls. Bridges connect, walls divide. Until next time, God bless you.